Welcome to More Lemonade. My name is Katie, and if you've been following along with this series, you know that I am making lemonade out of COVID-19 lemons. I believe that moms in particular are rising to the occasion, finding the silver linings for ourselves and our families. And tonight, I'm so happy to welcome Sharice to the podcast, a funny little story, if you will, I put out the call for people to participate in this series, not knowing or expecting anyone to respond, but hoping. And I've had some real flashbacks to my youth and to my stomping grounds of Buffalo, New York. And that's where Sharice is joining us from. Uh, We went to school, grammar school together and uh, high school as well. And it's just been a real fun process to watch her on social media because she's such a positive person. And now to, after years of not talking, sit down and talk tonight. So Sharice, thank you for doing this. Of course. Thanks for having me. Why don't you go ahead and just tell us a little bit about who you are. I know I've just given all the Buffalo love, which I always have to do the shout out, but tell us a little bit about who you are, um, how old your children are, and just when this pandemic started to hit your reality and life started to change for you? Sure. So I have two daughters. One, Ellie is eight and Julia is six. So um, when they were first born, I was a stay-at-home mom. And since Julia, the youngest, went to kindergarten, I started helping my husband out with his, he has a marketing um, business. So I started helping him do that. And then just this year, actually, I started being a teacher aide at my girls' school, which I absolutely loved. It was like a dream job for me because they go to a great school. And then it was Friday, March 13th. I was um, I was a substitute that day, and that was our last day at the school. And we, we got the notification that Sunday that school was closing down and things were starting to get real for us. And so now you've gone from not just being home and out of the classroom, but being into the virtual classroom, because I'm assuming that your children are like every other child in America were grappling with distance learning. Can you talk to us a little bit about from the parent perspective, how that has been? Yeah. So for me, my struggle might be different, or I know it's different from some of my friends is my girl's love school. They love learning. They love working. It's odd, but I'll take it. I love it. (laughs) Um, So my issues are that we just don't have enough. Like there's plenty of work, but they just constantly want more. So I'm searching for things besides what the school provides because they do a great job of providing them tons of work. But my girls are used to working nonstop. And um, yeah, that's, that's been our issue. And also, I'm a limit of screen time with my girls and it's really worked out for me that they, their imaginations let them play for hours without having to turn on a TV or be in front of a screen. But now with this distance learning, it's like everything is online and I'm like, oh no, everything I worked for is going down the tubes because they're in front of screens way more than they ever were. Sure. And I think that's a struggle that many of us are having is that a lot of the materials, I mean, I have preschoolers, but still, you know, it's going to a website and looking at the materials, sometimes watching them unfold on the screen. And it's so convenient to think about the access that we all have. But at the same time, it makes a compelling argument that we have talked for years about the disadvantages of the screen. And then of course, here we are 
screen centered. Uh, when you talk about being outside and using the imagination, what are some of the activities when we're not doing traditional schoolwork online? Are you doing offline? Is it just a free play? Is there some particular activity that they found joy and has brought you joy as well? Anytime we can get outside, it's a wonderful day. Um, my husband has been awesome where if it's nice out, like he'll put in his schedule an hour or two and do gym time with the girls and, you know, play softball, play. We have a basketball net, which is awesome. We'll do chalk drawings. Um, so any opportunity to get outside the other day, it was a beautiful day. So we wrote letters or Easter cards, and then we walked to the post office cause it's about a 20 minute walk and delivered them. So things just to keep us going and and getting outside as much as possible. Um, When the girls are stuck inside, they like to play school. (laughs) (laughs) I would say that one of the things that I've always enjoyed while following you on social media and then just knowing you from, it feels like a past life at this point, Mm -hmm. but (laughs) is we are both outgoing personalities. We are both social people. And so for me, one of the struggles that I found myself having a great conflict with is just the distance from family and friends, but all social activities, just having an extrovert personality, all of a sudden being contained at home. While I love my children and I adore my husband, I've always prided myself on my daily interaction. So it's been a struggle for me. I'm wondering, has it been a struggle for you or have you been able to embrace you know, I feel we're all on the world of Zoom in some aspect, but the unique opportunities and the creative ways to connect. Yeah. So this would have been my biggest fear ever as an extrovert who loves being out in the social and, you know, same as you. I love my family to pieces. I'm so lucky to be quarantined with them, but I also need other people. It's what fills me up. It's what energizes me. So when this all came down, I was like, okay, so how long? Like, let me mentally prepare for how long and I can like push through this. And I I was just talking to a friend. I'm like, I am so surprised, like not even me, but everyone, how quickly we adapt to this new norm. And yeah, it, there's a lot of not fun stuff attached to it, but new ways of connecting, like opportunities that wouldn't have happened such as like a zoom call with my friends that I that actually went to high school with you know like we talk every once in a while and now we have a weekly zoom call which is amazing getting interviewed by you you know this would have never happened so zoom has definitely been a lifesaver for me but it also it's still hard so I have a very good friend of mine who um, is going through something really tough right now. And she happens to not live too far away from me. So I found out she was going through something tough. I checked in with her and she's like, I'm actually walking the dog um, past your house right now. So I went out to the driveway and the fact that like, I couldn't give her a hug and just like let her cry or, you know, just hold her up was so hard. You know, we stood more than six feet apart and just kind of like, let our emotions show, but that's all that's. And then we had to say goodbye and she kept walking. And that was really hard to do, to let her go when I, when I knew what she needed. It's so true. And I find myself, um, an also naturally inclined hugger and just 
you know, I use physical touch with my children, my husband, and, and anyone that I know and love in my life to sort of reaffirm my feelings. In this time where we're also anxious and also frustrated, it feels so surreal to not be able to go with a natural instinct to comfort a friend that's struggling or just in a traditional, hello, I miss you hug. It's a very bizarre thing for me. And I find myself putting my hands in my pockets now because otherwise my natural inclination is always to extend the hand. Uh, and yes, so it, absolutely. <laughs> I was also wondering just because I, so I have not remained in Buffalo. I live in New Jersey. And so here I am in a commuter town, really reeling from the impact that it, uh, this beautiful town that I live in in Madison, New Jersey is greatly affected by this as well as so many of New Jerseyans and you know so many of us take trains into Manhattan daily traditionally so it feels bizarre to me because I'm right in this epicenter of activity and I talk to my parents and my one of my brothers still lives in Buffalo and I know my fear and concern because of of how widespread it is here how things are going in Buffalo because I think sometimes people listen and we forget to touch in with different parts of the country and even though Buffalo's in New York State it always takes people a minute to realize like it's a good seven hour drive from Manhattan to Buffalo <laughs> and so how are things in Buffalo and how is pandemic lifestyle and how is your COVID-19 spread in general throughout Erie County? So Erie County I mean <laughs> I think it depends on what news you choose to listen to, you know? Um, but I, I was just talking with a friend who said um, she was reading that Erie County's not doing that great, that, um, you know, we're not listening to the social distancing. And it, it's funny because if you take my neighborhood, we did the two weeks of not doing anything and like you never saw anybody. Everyone would stayed in their in their house or like on their lawn and two weeks goes by. And if you're not affected by it or you don't know anyone who was affected by it, people start to forget how serious it is. So I was on a walk with my girls and I see, you know, neighborhood kids playing together. And yes, that's our natural inclination. And that's what I love about our neighborhood is that the kids you know, can all play together, but not right now. And so mm -hmm. it, you know, and, and I think it depends, you know, it varies from neighborhood to neighborhood, some people from house to house, right? Some people take it very seriously and some people don't. But if you, like I said, if you don't know anyone, then you're like, oh, I'm fine. Like, it's okay. I didn't leave the house and so-and-so didn't leave the house so we can get together. But there's so many other factors, you know, there's a grocery store that you may have gone to. There's all those things. So sure. It's very interesting to me just because I know that when I started to have a little bit of fear and anxiety about this, I called my parents and it, it wasn't there yet. It hadn't appeared. And so I had this anxiety and I, you know, was so proud of them because they're social distance go-getters from the beginning. You know, they're locked down, they're ordering their groceries in, they're in it to win it. And I'm so proud of them. But it's been so interesting to follow this spread throughout the place that I live now. And then also the place that I grew up and that I love because I, I just know Buffalo is the city of good neighbors. And I've always felt like home is 
forever Buffalo just because of how good people are. And if people are listening to this podcast, they're going to start to feel the love that we have for this place, but it's because it is that special. It is that underrated. And I wanted to ask you, what are some of the beautiful things you've seen Buffalonians do to rally around others at this time? Because there's so many movements nationally, but locally, there's so much love for first responders and for nurses and doctors on the front lines. What are some specific positive things you're seeing happen in Buffalo, New York, that people are doing to really rally around those who are taking care of us? Oh, yeah, tons of stuff. We know plenty of people who are busting out those face masks using any scraps that they have. Um, you know, there's a lot of Facebook groups collecting different things saying, okay, I'm, I need this, I need that. Um, a neighbor down the street, she has a brother who works at one of the ERs. And so um, currently they're collecting uh, snack size stuff and making like little care packages for them so that they can have something to, to re-energize them. Um, we have something in our neighborhood where there's only one, you know, we go out one time for grocery shopping and we have about 10 neighbors that we check in and say, do you need those one or two items? Like we're going to save you a trip to the store. Our neighbor across the street is a little older. And so we try to keep them away from the store as much as possible and bring them whatever they need. And I can feel that throughout Buffalo, not just in my neighborhood. For me, it's these small things that have become the biggest deal out of this. Um, You and I share so much in common. I'm learning just through talking, but also that I've always known you to be a positive person. We believe in the power of positivity. And I've seen it all over your social media feed. And I just was hoping you'd share a little bit about for your own self, why positivity in especially times where it's entirely too easy to be negative or scared um, is the default and why it also becomes the way we become the offense in the game and we can play with a clear head and a full heart, so to speak. Yeah. So, I mean, it's all about what you put in your head. Your mind controls so much So if you want to fill your head with negatives and what ifs, and then that's how your whole body is going to feel. And that's what you're going to put off into the world and to your family. And I just don't see any benefit from that. You know, I finding simple things to be positive for, like every morning when I wake up, I say three things. I I thank God for three things. And they, they can be simple. Thanks for a good night's sleep. Thanks that I can see the sun shining out. Thanks that I have a warm cup of coffee waiting for me downstairs. It's just the more positive you put in, the more positive you put out, the better you feel. You know, it's just, it's easier to go through life thinking that way than the woe is me, um, always looking for a problem. I mean, whatever you put in, you're only affecting, you know, yourself, you, you can either put yourself in a good spot or bring yourself down. You know, it's so I, (laughs) (laughs) I do too. I think that in a way it's not to say that I don't get anxious. I don't get sad. I don't get angry. But when positivity is the answer for all those things, it helps me push through to a place and a purpose that is far greater than my own, you know, my own understanding of things sometimes. And it really elevates me. And for that, um, I'm thankful. I really am going to start your three things in the morning. Uh, that's such a simple thing to do that I think would render 
some really wonderful ways to begin the day. I do that at the end of the day, but I think I need to do it in the beginning of the day as well. Uh, Yep. And and I was going to say, I I do it in the beginning of the day. I I just think it. And then at night I, I do do a gratitude journal and just think of, even if it's the worst day, you know, I can find, I can dig deep and find three good things. And, um, my husband actually interviewed a sleep specialist. I was just listening to the interview and she said, when you first wake up, like if you grab your phone and and look at the news and it's negative, that impacts you subconsciously for like six to eight hours after rising. If you choose to start your day with gratitude and positive thoughts, then you've already like laid out, you know, a a good day ahead for you. So true. And Yet it feels like we live in this age where we're constantly bombarded and programmed to do the latter, you know, the latter mentioned, which is pick up the phone and check the news and check in. But in doing that, we don't check in with ourselves. So I like your way better. And that's what I'm adopting. (laughs) Uh, I was thinking as a mom um, that there's just been events, whether it's small stuff like St. Patrick's Day or Easter or just big stuff for some birthdays or you know, for my daughter, I, I was, she's such a positive person and she has such love for the world at five. But the other day she kind of broke down on a zoom call with her preschool friends. And it got me thinking about that. Some of the magic of everyday childhood can get lost and it's just so easy to forget about because they're so small and the magic is not as opulent as we might think, but just little things that they miss or, Uh, didn't recognize as an important part of their routine that becomes such. So you put up this video of the Pledge of Allegiance. And it's so funny that you did that because that was the very same day that we did it on our preschool Zoom chat. And I thought it was so interesting to see the pride and the joy that my child had in, in the simplest thing. But how are you bringing some magic alive, not in extravagance, but just in expressive ways? What are you doing to make this time seem extra special or are you doing that at all? Um, So the things that make it special is that dad doesn't have to drive to the office that he works now at home. So that means when he has a free moment, he gets to come out and join us for a game of basketball. It means at times, you know, during normal life, he doesn't make dinner every night of the week, unfortunately, because he's stuck at work. So every night, is family dinner. There's game nights when, you know, we should be in bed because we have school in the morning, but guess what? We get to make our own schedule now. So if we want to stay up a little bit later, it doesn't matter. We'll have that game night. We'll do a special movie night. Um, yeah, exactly. Just little things like that. We, I broke out the pink sparkly nail polish and said, today we're having a spa day. Let's get our nails done. You know, not something you Love do it. on <laughs> Tuesday at 11am. <laughs> it's, it's really amazing how I had wondered if I would feel trapped or if I would feel like I was never going to crawl out of a hole because I when I went into quarantine with my family, I thought with no end date, that in itself was probably the most overwhelming component for me that I wasn't sure when we were going to see the sun post past post pandemic. But now um, I have to say I have learned that I could be at home and live a much simpler life. And I wouldn't have known that if something so awful 
didn't happen. And so for me, as a mom, I've taken this pandemic to sort of be a humbling lesson and reminder about what's what I've always known to be important, but but what most importantly fulfills me, which is those three human beings I share my life with. For you, I'm wondering if aside from the positivity and aside from these little glimpses of, of magic of dad home and working, is there some sort of theme for yourself as, as a mother that has come out of this, whether it be um, your own capabilities or your confidence? Is there one underlying thing that's not, I don't want to say surprised you, but just been a, a valuable reminder of motherhood in general? Hmm. I'm trying to think. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry, I put you on the spot with that one. <laughs> yeah, no, that's okay. Um, let me see what, you know, I think it's just, yes, I think it's reminding me to enjoy the simple things and not look at the clock and think, oh my gosh, how many more hours until bedtime, but to look at my girls, like finding joy in little things. They have um, a bunny blanket, this ginormous bunny blanket. And tonight after dinner, I was like, okay, let's get our pajamas on. Let's go upstairs and brush our teeth. And instead of doing that, they hopped around in these bunny blankets and made each other crack up. And like my husband and I just sat there and just soaked that moment in. And it's exactly that, like slowing down and appreciating like, this is it. This is their childhood. And it's going to be gone in a blink. And we like, we always remind ourselves to take in these moments because teenagers, they're not going to want to be with us. They're not going to, they are not going to love on us as much as they do right now. So maybe this is just a really extra big gift to God to give us this all this extra time to soak it in because they're at great ages where they love to be with us. It's incredible to me to think about what I also placed in terms of self-care pre-pandemic to <laughs> how I've, I, some would say lowered the bar, but I also think I've, you know, risen to the occasion in some aspect. For me, self-care has completely been redefined by this as it has for everyone, but yet it's still such an invaluable component of my day or my week to make sure that I take that time. What are you doing to modify um, but make self-care a priority so that you can function for yourself and for the family. So my big thing has always been I need to get a good workout and it just releases my endorphins. It puts me in a good spot. And um, so that I need to make that a priority for myself at some point in the day. And and my kids know that and respect that. So I do. I belong to a Pilates studio that now offers um workouts, you know, virtual workouts and they're live. So I can see my instructor, I can see my classmates and we can talk before and after. So having that connection and working out together, that has been a huge help for me. I also started meditating, which, you know, that was always one of those things. I was like, when I have time, when I have time, I'll do that. I should probably try that out. And that puts me in a good spot. So that's something I try to do before I get up out of bed, I do a, you know, quick 10 minute meditation just to get myself in the right mindset. Um, and then my self care has been my my virtual meetups with my high school friends or my neighbors, whatever it is, however, I can connect with other human beings. Those three things has, has gotten me through. Awesome. I also I think a lot about moms during this. I've 
pre-pandemic, I've been since becoming a mom, but even before then, I've just always recognized that women, you know, I mean, well, we went to this all-girls high school. It gifted me from the very beginning uh, a beautiful outline for seeing the strength and the power of women in, in the best light and learning how to work with people from all different backgrounds, but also with different goals and still be united in empowering one another. And so from that very onset of, you know, my teenage years up until now, I've just, it's become a bigger and bigger platform that I believe needs to be talked about. But for moms in particular, because we can't pour from empty cups and yet our, our cups are generally to the brim for others and for ourselves. And I, I'm just so overwhelmed by this pandemic because I see moms continue to rise to the occasion. But there are some who are, they need the extra advice. And they need to hear people say any tidbit of wisdom and to absorb it like a sponge so that they can go out and do the same. What advice would you offer women, especially moms going through this who are feeling completely frustrated, overwhelmed, or just stuck in a rut? I would say, give yourself grace. Do not look at social media and play the compare game. We all know that Facebook is a highlight reel of everyone's days. You know, well, some days you're doing great. You're, everything is working out. And some days you're in your pajamas all day. And both of those days are okay. You can, you can have both of those days and be okay. Allow yourself to feel, if you're not having a good day, allow yourself to feel that. Get through that emotion, whatever it is, anger or sadness, get through it. Once you're past it, take a deep breath, reset, take a shower if that's going to help and, and then refocus your, your energy. Um, the one thing we can control in this uncontrollable situation we're in is what we choose to focus on and what we choose to fill our brain with. So find the people in your life or the Facebook posts or the entertainment that is going to keep your focus on the positive and keeping, you know, whether it's lighthearted and making you laugh or just inspirational and turn off the news, <laughs> turn off, you know, stop following that person who only has something negative to say on Facebook. It's so true because if you do a quick scan of your social media, it can actually give you a, a greater glimpse into the kind of community that you want or you don't want to be a part of. For me, I find myself surrounded by positivity and just connecting with you and seeing that it's just as profound and present in your life. It motivates me every day to get up and keep trying and do more, be better and and keep it going. And I think that that's a, a good sake of advice. It's not turn off the social media, but it's look for the good in it. Because in a time where we're not feeling connected physically with people, it's really been a saving grace for me to see others do good and want more from this than just lemons to want lemonade, so to speak. Uh, before I let you go, I was just hoping that you could talk a little bit about when this is over. I always think it's really not over because we're going to emerge differently. Uh, what's going to be the thing that you're looking forward to doing and you'll do with a greater purpose or maybe um, a little bit more passionately because you now understand it was missing from an equation and it's important to your value? Um, I want to do so much. I, I can't wait 
to be able to hug my friends. I can't wait. I can't wait to have a family dinner with my dad and just truly appreciate that time around the dinner table um, and, and him with his grandchildren. I I absolutely loved the short amount of time that I was a teacher aide, and I can't wait to get back in that school and just soak in all the mundane moments that I'm missing right now. And just, you know, I mean, it's just a greater appreciation for everything. Um, it's a, It's taking that time when you're with a friend to fully focus on them. If I'm meeting up with a friend for coffee, my phone will not be on the table. I will be one-on-one with that person and just taking it in because you need that in-person what a conversation and that experience. And I don't want anything to distract from it. Absolutely. And I have to tell you that in just 30 minutes, I have more calm and more comfort in listening to your voice and your energy. And I know that it's going to do something good for someone else as well. So I want to tell you that when this is over, I'm going to come to Buffalo and I'm going to buy you a cup of coffee because it's so good to hear your voice. And I think one of my favorite things about something that's not positive or not healthy for the world is finding how much, no matter how much time has passed or where we've gone in life to remember and to rally around the people who have always brought us joy. And you have done just that for me tonight. So I want to thank you. Oh, thank you so much for your kind words. (laughs) 